Welcome to another inspirational message from the chapel. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information, check out our website, thechapelcollective.com.au. We're going to continue what I started on New Year's Day, um, which was the will of God for your life. The will of God. And we talked about it from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 to 18. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in every circumstance, for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. Now we're in summer Sundays at the moment. We're pretty chilled out. That is why I'm wearing no shoes. This is not a new thing. Just for the month of January, I'm wearing no shoes. You have full permission as well, but you need to do what I did and leave your shoes outside the room uh, because that could get stinky. And... um, (laughs) My shoes are in my office. You can leave yours there too. And, uh, but no shoes Sunday as we discover the will of God for our life. This says that this is the will of God for your life. But as you know, we all want the specific will of God for your life. You're thinking 2023, God, what is it that you want me to do or be or have or, or pursue in 2023? But I always think about this, that if we don't take on board the revealed and clear will of God for our life, why would God reveal the specific will for our life? If we're, you know, no one is saying about me, oh, Bron, oh, she never stops praying. She is always rejoicing and she gives thanks in every circumstance. No one is saying that. So as I have not yet pursued and, and perfected the revealed will of God for my life, then I'm, I'm not waiting and sweating and, and sweating bullets waiting for the, uh, the specific will of God for my life. We need to pursue the revealed will of God for our lives. So we looked last time on New Year's Day about giving thanks. And that is that 101, give thanks 101, gratitude 101 is simply to give thanks. And we could do that. We could get all the amazing health benefits from that. But if it was simply giving thanks and that's all it was and that's where it stopped, 101, then we could take our health and wellbeing magazine and our gratitude journal and we could be having brunch right now. But we're not, we're in church because we not only want our, the good life, we want God's life. We want His super in our natural. We want His power made perfect in our weakness. We're not just trying to live a great life. We want to live God's life and God's will for our life. So gratitude 201 James 1.17 tells us that every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights in in whom there is no change like shifting shadows. So it says that, in fact, we don't give thanks for things. That's not the only thing we do. We give thanks to someone. And that actually it's a whole lot more about gratitude to than gratitude for. And so 201 is we give thanks to God. Gratitude 301, we talked about cultivating an attitude of gratitude. Because Ephesians 5.20 tells us we always give thanks to God the Father in every circumstance. And uh, 1 Timothy 2.1 says we give thanks for all people. So the attitude of gratitude is we give thanks for what? All things. We give thanks for who? All people. We give thanks when? All the time. Always. That's an attitude of gratitude. And finally, gratitude 401 is this place of gratitude. Well, that is our home. It's not just a response or a mindset or, or something we choose. It's actually the natural inbuilt response in us and it flows out of us. Why? Because we have the grace of God. And we're like, I can't do anything without your grace, Lord. And out of that overflowing gratitude, it becomes grace upon grace upon grace. So if that's the case, then let's look at the next part, which is pray without ceasing. I'm going backwards, obviously, for a reason. Pray without ceasing. 
Without ceasing is a word used four times in the New Testament. And it means no stops, no gaps. Adialeptos, just without stopping. But Paul says in Romans chapter 1, verse 9, this is one of the uses. He says, God knows how often I pray for you. Adialeptos, day and night, constantly, without ceasing, without stopping, no gaps. I bring you and your needs in prayer to God, whom I serve with all my heart by spreading the good news about his son. The next time it's used is in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. Adialeptos, as we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and the enduring hope that you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. Constantly, Thessalonian church, I'm praying about you. And then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, Therefore, Adialeptos, thanking God, we never stop thanking God that when you received his message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And this word continues to work in you who believe. So how is Paul praying for the Romans all the time, praying for the Thessalonians all the time and thanking God for the Thessalonians all the time? That is impossible. It's impossible to do all those things without ceasing. Does he never sleep? Does he never have more important matters on his mind? Is he, when he got stoned with rocks, did, it, did that not like take them out of his brain for a moment? Of course it did. But the, the, the tricky risk is that we might take what is clearly hyperbole in a way for Paul here and we might apply it to his instruction as well that we would say, well, pray without ceasing. That's not really a goal that we should have. It's clearly exaggeration for effect. He's trying to give us, you know, the very furthest thing so that we might creep towards it. But yet I would say to you this morning that praying without ceasing is actually possible. Praying without ceasing is a possibility for our lives and it is the will of God for our lives. So we're going to just follow the same format that we did with gratitude. We're going to go to prayer 101. And that is simply pray when prompted. Pray when prompted. Prayer 101. Now, perhaps you're someone who, when we have prayer, when Mikey stood up and said, let's pray, you're like, you know what? It's a new year. I'm going to, I feel super spiritual this morning. I love that second song. I'm going to close my eyes. Whoa, <laughs> next step. That was amazing. I've done something for my life. That might be the extent of prayer for you that you've ever prayed. But I want to suggest to you that praying when prompted for you, your first step is simply when there's a prompt like that, that you actually do pray. That you don't just wait for the moment to pass, but in your own words, you pray and, and not out loud. You don't need to worry. You might be thinking, Bron, what would I say? I wouldn't know what to say. Not out loud. Just pray. Just say whatever is on your heart. But when it comes to praying out loud, I just want to encourage you because we had a church that we prayed out loud. Like the church that I grew up in, we prayed, people prayed out loud all the time during the service. Um, and there was a term that we coined called preaching. Because they prayed, sure, but they also were preaching at the same time. Uh, depending on their bent and what they, were, what they had in their hearts, and they would preach about that. So if Tony McLennan was in the service in the church I grew up to, he would pray, Lord, I look around at the Chapel Collective and I see all these people. And Lord, you say to pray for workers into the harvest field. But as I'm looking around like right now, there's a whole bunch of workers right here. So Lord, I pray you would stir their hearts and that they might go and preach the gospel. <laughs> and, and the evangelists would pray like that because yes, they wanted workers to go out in the harvest field, but they also wanted to let people know in the room that you should be out preaching the gospel as well. If Frank were in that church, 
and he was doing what he does right now, taking care of all our buildings and everything, he would pray something like this. Lord, Luke Bennell is a blessing, but I pray that you'd help him to have greater stewardship of our youth group and the way that they treat our buildings, Lord. And, and he would pray that out loud. So yes, he would be praying, but he'd also be preaching. And uh, someone, you know, the, the cranky person up the back would say, mighty God, I thank you for the blessing of children, but please help parents to look after them better and let them not run wild after the service. They would pray, but they would preach. But by far, the favourite person to pray in our church was a man called Tony Edwards. Tony was late to church. He, he did not grow up in church. He did not finish high school. In fact, he was a bachelor for a long time. Um, the story goes that he used to put his dirty dishes in the bottom of the shower and he would have his shower and grab a washer with his foot and do his dishes at the same time. <laughs> so you're all invited to his place after church. <laughs> He was, a, he was a champion and he married the pastor's daughter who was not in church at the time. And they came back to Jesus or she came back to Jesus. He came to Jesus at the same time. And he would, you'd never met a more authentic man. And his prayer would be in the middle of some preaching and in the middle of some incredible scriptural prayers and some spiritual prayers. Tony's prayer would be, God, me and the wife are not going to make it unless we get your help. So please help us, eh? And everyone would be, amen. That is an awesome prayer. God, the boss is doing my head in. I don't want to punch him, but geez, I want to. <laughs> so help me, God. Cheers, eh? <laughs> that was Tony Edwards' prayer. And you know, it was so refreshing because it doesn't matter what words come out of your mouth. It's your heart towards God. And He wants your authentic heart. So as it relates to praying when prompted, don't ever feel like, well, I couldn't possibly pray. Because an authentic prayer from the heart is what God desires. And in fact, it's what everyone else around you desires as well. We love it. So pray when prompted. Not just pray when prompted from the front. Pray when prompted in your life. If you're at work. And you're like Tony Edwards, the boss is doing my head in. That's a prompt. Just start praying. Not necessarily out loud, not, not Tony's prayer, but pray, just pray. Pray when prompted. If you have a need, if you have a, a, a disagreement, if you have anything, just it prompts you to pray. Now, prayer 101, pray when prompted. Prayer 201, a prayer chair. Prayer chair. This is a designated space and a designated place for you to pray. 15 minutes every day. Now, you might think, Bron, I can't pray for 15 minutes. There's no way. Oh, I don't even know if I can sit still for 15 minutes. Lock your bin. Oh, come and tell me. Show me something. Quick, run, lock. Lock was on band this morning. Good to see that you wore some church clothes. <laughs> or sports gear, whatever you want, mate. Can you sit in there? And I want you to show me what you tend to do for... 15 plus minutes at a time <laughs> on the lounge. Do I need to get you a prop or can you? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's 15 minutes, I reckon. <laughs> Change position, yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay, pretty much. Good. Out you go. Thank you. You know, there are things that we do for 15 minutes at a time without blinking. We're, we're scrolling, we're pushing buttons, we're switching, we're flicking, whatever we're doing, we're doing that constantly. And it's just 15 minutes a day, 
15 minutes a day will change your life if you will designate the space and designate the place to actually be here. And you're like, Brian, what, what are we supposed to do for that 15 minutes? I'm not sure. Well, I'll just give you an acronym for pray. P-R-A-Y. P, praise. And for you, that might be grabbing your phone, put it on do not disturb, because <laughs> who knows that when the notification comes through, you're down the rabbit hole. But, but put it on do not disturb and open a worship song. And just sit there and praise until that worship song finishes. And A, ask. If you've got stuff on your mind, ask God. The Bible says to ask him. R comes before A, by the way. (laughs) So after praising God, repent. Do a Tony Edwards and just be flat out honest with God. God, I got it wrong again. God, I'm really struggling with. God, you see what I do anyway. You see everything. So God, would you help me with this? Oh God, my heart feels yucky towards this person. Would you help me with this? Repent. After R comes A. (laughs) And then you ask God, ask. And then I would finish with why your will be done. Because whatever I just prayed, Lord, whatever I said, what I want more than anything is for your will to be done in my life. Lord, not my will, but yours be done in Jesus' name. Your will be done, your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. I commit my day to you and out I go. You know, if you think about that, we think, yeah, yeah, I can do that. But the truth is, is that we tend to find it hard to keep going, right? We tend to, our hearts get a bit sick. Our hearts get a bit sorry. Our hearts get a bit sore because we're like, when is what I'm praying for, Lord? I've been praying and praying for this for years. When is it going to come to pass? And we tend to give up. But Galatians 6.9 says, do not grow weary in doing good for at due time you will reap a harvest. And that, that is true in every sphere. It says, don't stop praying. Romans says, be patient in prayer. Be patient in prayer. Pro, um, Proverbs says that, a longing unfulfilled, sorry, a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. So the inverse is true. A longing that just keeps going and going can become a dried up tree. But let's not stay there. Let's keep pressing into God. Just 15 minutes a day. When Jesus talks about this, he, he teaches a parable and he says, it says, he said this so that they would keep praying and not give up. He talked about a widow who goes to a judge. And she just keeps knocking on his door. And the Bible says that the judge did not care about her and he did not care about justice. So clearly he was a corrupt judge, probably in it for bribery. And he does not care about her, but she just keeps on knocking and keeps on knocking and keeps on knocking. And he says, well, fine, I'll give you the justice that you require because you're so persistent. And there's something in us that takes that parable and takes that analogy too far and we apply that unjust judge to God and we say, so surely I have to simply just keep bothering him in order for him to give me what I need. But that's not what Jesus finishes that at all. He says, if that unjust judge will do that, how much more will God the Father give you what you need? And he says, not only that, he says, but when I come back, will I find faith in the earth? He's saying, will I find people who are still praying when I come? So just 15 minutes a day, guys, 15 minutes a day until Jesus comes back. That's all. (laughs) A prayer chair, a prayer space, a designated space and a prayer place. For me, it's the cafe. I go and have my morning coffee. Katie's been working at six and I have to take her in the fives. (laughs) And I just stay there. I have my coffee and I pray. 
I, uh, I wonder what yours will look like. And I also want to mention designated seasons because on the 30th of January, we've got a time of prayer and fasting coming up. If you've never heard of that before, next weekend on the link tree, there'll be some information about it and you can read it. You can talk to someone about it. But that's a time where you dig a deep well, where you, you go, Lord, I don't know what this year holds, but I'm going after you with everything. That's what I know. And I'm starting right here. You know, sometimes we think of fasting as we're going to twist God's arm. God, see how serious I am? I'm not even eating. It's not a hunger strike for God. That's not what fasting is. It is a time where we commit everything and we say, oh, in this time, I'm going to sow completely to the spirit and not to the flesh. And you might, you know, take any level of the way to do that. But we want to sow and sow and sow to the spirit. We don't want to be, um, you know, you might choose not to eat. That might be one way. You might choose not to eat sweets. That might be another way. You might choose not to watch Netflix. That might be another way. You might choose not to do social media. But we can engage and sow to the spirit. Sow to the spirit. A designated space, a designated place and designated seasons. Prayer 301 is a response of prayer. Where prayer, as we often say around here, is our first response, not our last resort. Prayer is our first response, not our last resort. <laughs> Philippians 4, 6. If you're in a fix, remember Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. It says it like this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. What do we pray for? All the things. Pray about Everything. Thank God, tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. All the ways and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Now, many um, people believe that this is specifically referring to speaking and praying in a heavenly language. Many others believe that it's just being prayed led by the Spirit, but whichever it is, that we'd pray in the Spirit on all occasions, so at all times, with all kinds of prayer and requests. Now, when it comes to giving thanks, there's really only one way to do it. You give thanks in one way or you can do it through you know, giving to God and stuff like that. But really the giving thanks specifically is done in one way. But praying, there's all kinds of prayers. There's all kinds of requests and we can keep on praying. We can keep on praying. We pray in all the ways. We pray at all the times, like it says there, on every occasion. And we pray for all the people. 1 Timothy 2.1, it says, and 1 Timothy 2.1, it tends to say in 1 Timothy, it says, well, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Now we honed in on New Year's Day on giving thanks for them, that no matter what they are to you, that you would give thanks for them, that that would be something that you do um, and, and you, take, you take power out of any difficulty that you have with them by continuing to give thanks for them. But here, this is levelling up. This is next step, not just giving thanks to them, but actually taking a step into the offensive and praying for them, praying for them. All people. Next slide. Verse 2. Pray this way for all kings and for all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. We pray for our leaders. We pray for people in authority so that we can do what we need to do. But Matthew chapter 5 and verse 44 says not only that, it says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. 
Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. So we pray also for our enemies, a responsive prayer that no matter what is coming against us, that we respond by praying. And I wanna tell you a secret that you can apply is that if you will begin to pray for your enemy and you pray that God will bless them, you pray that God will prosper them, I mean, it's life-changing. When you pray... When we pray for our enemies, we tend to pray that God will help them come to a knowledge and an understanding of what they've done, right? Nope, just me. (laughs) But when you pray, I was talking to someone very, very close to me who was still after years just feeling so much pain about their divorce. And, And I said to them, and you know, it's hard to say, you can only say this out of a close relationship, hey, Have you considered praying for them? They're like, yeah, yeah, I pray for them all the time. Pray that they'll come back to Jesus. Pray that, you know, they'll realise what they've done. I'm like, no, no, no. Can you pray for them? Can you pray for their business? Can you pray that they'll prosper? Can you pray for their new relationship? And they just looked at me. I can't. Okay, cool. How about I do and you just stay a minute? And they're like, fold arms. (laughs) Don't want to do it. They rang me not long after and said, I've been praying that prayer. And I find myself feeling good that good things are happening for them. I feel like I can take a little bit of credit for it. <laughs> no, I don't know if that's the point, but it certainly took the sting out of, and the power out of it when we begin to pray for blessing on people that we do not want to be blessed. I want to challenge you if God's prompted someone and you're thinking about that person right now, just begin to pray for them this year. Pray that they'd be blessed. Pray that their home would be blessed. Pray that their relationships would be blessed. Woo! Who's ready for a nice latte? (laughs) Prayer Prayer 401, and this is the last one. Um, Prayer 401 is this is where we head into what Paul is actually talking about. This is the proskaterio. Can someone say that, please? Proskaterio. Proskaterio means devoted to. Colossians chapter 4, verse 2 says, Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Proskaterio. In the early church, they devoted themselves to homothumidum, which is unity of the saints. They devoted themselves to unity. They devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to teaching. They devoted themselves to share in meals. They devoted themselves to meet together. They devoted themselves to Eucharist together, to give thanks together. They devoted themselves to mutual encouragement. They devoted themselves to um, pursue peace together, to sing together. They devoted themselves to. And because they devoted themselves to, the church of Christ was born and we stand here as a result of that today. But God is asking us to devote ourselves to prayer, to continue in prayer. And praying without ceasing does not happen without devotion. We need a single-minded pursuit of prayer without ceasing. Now, what does this look like? How is this possible? It is possible for you to pray while you sleep. Uh, heresy. No, it's actually possible. If you pray before you go to sleep and say, God, I just pray while I'm sleeping, that you, Lord, would give me dreams. Lord God, that anything, even this every breath would glorify your name. And you've just prayed that you would, the whole time you're breathing while you're sleeping, that you're going to glorify God's name. Now, of course, if you die in your sleep, that's a different story altogether. <laughs> Got dark. <laughs> Sorry. But then you're with the Lord, so who cares? If I die before I wake, pray the Lord my soul to take. There you go. Um, <laughs> Just cut that out of the online, please, Ange. <laughs> he, he starts this faith in us. He starts this conversation with us. And then we just need to continue it. We just need to not 
put a halt on it, not stop it. Just continue it, keep going, keep going, keep going. Now, when you pray without ceasing, uh, I remember when Daz and I first started going out. Oh, look at that man. <laughs> we would talk on the phone for three hours every night. He was in towns. Now, like I was in my bed with my mobile phone. I was on a training ship um, that I think I got paid $180 a week. And I think my phone plan was like $80 a week. Not good stewardship. Um, and so I was on my Nokia to Daz for three hours every night. Now, Daz, because he worked around the place and in different, sometimes was in his sleeping bag in a payphone for that three hours. That is like first love, people. That is really first love. Daz now would not, would you, Daz? <laughs> wow. And in your prayers, just keep Daz in your prayers. <laughs> but he would, that's that. And, and you know, really, I'm sure that we just chatter, 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 chatter. Probably mainly me, just chatter, chatter, chatter. But there gets this place, right, when you love someone and you, you're with them and you might be with this with your best friend or with your brother or your sister or your mum or something, where then you just settle into this comfortable silence and you are completely aware of their presence. They are right there and, and you're, you're with them. You're communing with them in a way by being with them, but you're in this comfortable silence together, but you're completely aware. That is praying without ceasing. You're in this communion with God all the time and you're aware of Him, but neither of you might be actually speaking. Other times when you're in your prayer chair, and I believe fully that if you do this 15 minutes a day, that it might take a couple of years, I'm not sure, but there'll come a time where 15 minutes is not even close to enough. Where you're like, after an hour, you're like, oh man, I've got to go to work. I don't have time. Where actually this time fills up completely. Young parents, I'm sorry. I know that's so far off for you right now. Your parent, your kids, you get the toilet and that's it. That's your prayer chair. And sometimes your kids even come in there. But, but regardless, the prayer chair, that, that, that's not enough time. But sometimes, man, I hope that you're not the only person talking there because you're not the smartest person in the room when it's you and God. He's way smarter. And so you need to be listening to him as well. Paul says of times with the Lord that there are things that he cannot even utter. He cannot even describe to people. And so that suggests to me that in that moment, he was completely silent in the presence of God. He had nothing to offer God except his, his being there. That's what we're pursuing. A constant communion with God, praying without ceasing. Oh, okay. Ruth asked me a question at breakfast and she was talking about the time that we're going through and hopefully we'll come to an end very soon. But she said, uh, she said, Bron, who's God to you in this? And I did not expect the question. I did not expect my response because I just looked up and immediately just started crying. And I said, oh, Ruth, he's, he's everything. He, God is everything. He's my next breath. He's my strength to go on. He's my word in the morning. He's everything. He's everything. And Ruth said, would you swap that, Bron? And I thought of being able to click my fingers and get out of the situation and relieve it and all that sort of stuff and just went, no way. Not if I lost this relationship with God that I've discovered only in the midst of intense hardship. And so 
That's what we're pursuing, church. And if it takes intense hardship to get there, then let's get there. Let's embrace the intense hardship. Let's press into it and count it all joy because that is what He has for us. There's a guy in the bishop from centuries ago called Theophylact. He says, This shows the way to rejoice always, to wit incessant prayer and Eucharist, so constant prayer and thanksgiving, For he that has accustomed himself to hold converse with God, he has accustomed himself to constantly be in conversation with God and to give thanks to him over everything that happens as happening well. So God, this is happening and I hate it. But God, it's good because you're bringing it and you're gonna work it together for good. He says, they will evidently have unbroken joy. And so he does, he's talking about that cycle that we talked about in week one, that if you will keep on giving thanks because God, whatever you're bringing to me, you're gonna work it all together for good. And then if you'll just keep praying, then you won't be able to help but have constant joy. You'll have unbroken joy. And it won't be a joy that the world gives. It'll be a joy that the world can't take away. So this morning, church, Let's pursue prayer without ceasing. Now, I've got to have a moment. Um, and everyone, um, team, music team, you know that I spring things on you constantly. So I decided not to this morning. And uh, because I really want you to be a part of this moment as well. And um, right now we're going to pray. We're going to play a song. Alex, I'd love you to crank it. Um, Maybe you are prayer 101. You just need to pray when prompted. This might be the first time you've prayed. You might say, Jesus, will you come into my life? And then that's a great prayer to pray. That's the best prayer that you can pray this morning. You might be recommitting. You might be coming home after a long time away. And you can do that this morning. You might be praying prayer 201. You might be responding in prayer as well. You might be praying 401, Lord, take me to that place where I can pray without ceasing, where you are everything, where you're every breath. But let's just pray right now. Um, You know, I'm the lady on the overhead projector, so I'll probably be being undignified over there, clean up aisle three over there for me while we enter in. But you can sing, you can sit, you can kneel. Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring your faith or a follower of Jesus, there's a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to thechapelcollective.com.au And thanks again for listening.